everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 38, listener spotlight number four, for March 17th, 2011. This week, we're joined by a trio of listeners. Uh, started off with uh, uh, longtime contributor Josh Reitz, a.k.a. Tox2, in the chat room. And um, when uh, his co-workers found out he was going to be on, they either blackmailed him or threatened him or something uh, t- uh, like that, uh, said uh, that they had to be on, too. So we have three people with us today. And um want to go ahead and switch over there and let you guys say hello to the people. Hello. How's it going? Hello. Hello. <laughs> do, you, do you want to explain that for you the know, listeners? You know, I'm at a, a loss for words, frankly. Uh, <laughs> if you're not watching the video feed, you really just need to go watch the video feed. These are the only guests uh, so far to bring uh, uh, alter egos of themselves. We have three hand puppets here, uh, each with their own um, OS derogatory uh, emblems on them of some sort. We have uh, a no linux no apple we have a tux blowing up windows and we have a ms dos socks i think we can all get behind that statement yeah yeah, absolutely i don't think there's any argument with that all right so guys introduce to yourselves uh josh uh uh, you're you first uh tell us a little bit about yourself and then introduce your cohorts there um and um if you have to use the hand puppet go go right ahead (laughs) okay i'll use the hand puppet this time my name is Josh Reitz. Um, I've been the Assistant Director of Technology here at Colorado Heights University for around three years. Actually, two years. Two and a half. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've had fun. Um, I've been in computers since I was seven. I read a DOS manual, you know, when I was seven. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just, I just love computers. I love computer programming and all that. Um, I have my co- I have my boss over here, John. I'm John. That's Big Bad John there in the video. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a systems engineer rather than a coder. Uh, I actually have a bachelor's in coding, but I hate it because I don't like to sit in the chair that long. All right. So. Uh, and what is your I'm- position? I am actually the director of technology, if you can believe that. You really do have a dignified look about you. Uh, and they make me you're... wear this hat. It's part of my uniform. <laughs> <laughs> then over here, over on the other side, is Shane, the the um, office um, assistant. Well, IT assistant. Well, <laughs> Shane assists with just about anything we need, unlocking car doors, uh, getting us things to drink. Shane, I don't know what the issue is, but he had you listed a secretary in the show notes there. So, oh, yeah, secretary, yeah. office assistant. Yes. <laughs> hey. As with any team, no member more important than any other. It takes all kinds. <laughs> okay, That's so a very valid statement for this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm at a loss here. I don't even know how to follow up with that. So, uh, well, wait, uh, well, let's because uh, we jumped ahead. The, we we do have uh, to mention that this show is. Uh, we're recording this quite earlier than right, normal. Right, right. This, uh, this is going to be released in mid-March, but we're actually recording it uh, in mid-February. Uh, the reason for that was we had some other guests coming up in the next couple of weeks real time uh, who had time-sensitive things. We've got, uh, well, uh, yeah, by the time you have heard this, you have already heard them, so I, I guess I'm not spilling anything by saying it right uh we have the ceo of uh untangle who's going to be with us next week they have a a new release of their software coming out and so he wanted um 
our show to coincide with that. So this is when this show was go, supposed to go out next week, but we bumped them back. And then we've got the uh, uh, lead developer for the Kaltura project who's going to be on the week after that. We already had that scheduled. So uh, we've got spring break coming up in the middle of the March, and we thought these guys would be a great opportunity uh, for us to not have to do anything and come in during that week. So uh, this will be coming out well in advance. So anything we say here um, regarding uh, the events of the day is already old news. I don't want to get an email about that. I'm just telling you up right. front. Um, it's, that, we're, that we're not timely. Right. Right. Hey, come on. I mean, we got we got guys with propellers on their heads. Right. I mean, what else do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in, in real time, we just got back from the uh, TCEA conference in Austin, but you will have already heard us talk about that a couple of episodes past by the time this airs. Right. So even though we just got back and this is our first show back, we can't talk about it because it'll be like the third show back by the time it airs. I need a manual. Yeah. This is confusing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm confused as well. You know, when I was growing up watching sci-fi, one of my favorite uh, time uh, or favorite story arcs was always time travel and that sort of thing, the Back to the Future and the, the Star Trek universe. They did a lot of that. Now that I'm actually dealing with it, uh, with asynchronousy, and I hate it. I want nice, linear world because this is difficult to keep up with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that's enough of my whining. Uh, back to our guests. Guys, you, got, you, you are the reason we're here. This is our listener spotlight. In this case, the um, uh, office team spotlight. And uh, so we really don't have um, uh, a lot of content. We're relying on you to provide that. So I've got my frosty beverage over here, and I'm just going to sit back and and let you guys – it's water – let you guys talk. (laughs) So um, just tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and where you do it. Um, Well, actually, we are over here at Colorado Heights University. It's in Denver, Colorado. It's on top of the – tallest point in South Denver. So uh, if you go up into our bell tower, you can see just about everything in all directions for almost the entire state. We're right next to the front range. If you go to chu.edu, you'll see some of the gorgeous views we have. It's an absolutely gorgeous campus, 76 acres, 22 buildings. We've got fiber running all over the place. It's the largest wiring mess you could ever imagine. I hope you stick your fingers in. Um, when we got here, absolutely nothing worked. And I mean, nothing worked. They couldn't go to their own website. Um, very few people even had internet and it was done wrong. Everything was wrong. So for the last two years, me and Josh and uh, Shane have just about rewired and refibered the entire campus, which is no small feat. Um, uh, they were all uh, Windows 2000 when we got here, even Server 2000, and now uh, we're primarily Linux, and there's a few things that we have to rely on Windows for, um, but uh, we're primarily a Linux campus now. We use lots of neat, fancy things like Cafe POS and... Uh, uh, go ahead, Josh. What else are we using? We're using so many Linux things. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, what do we use for inventory? What's that one you guys use for? Um, I've just found a nice inventory project. It's called um, OCS Inventory NG, or stands for Next Generation. Um, I have it set up with Active Directory, so whenever we join a computer up to the domain, it actually inventories it right away. Well, what else do we use as something space? Um, let's see here. We have a Linux server that we have our website running on. Right, all of our firewalls are Linux. Um, what else? 
I mean, the list really goes on and on. We could go crazy. There's all kinds of little doodads and toys that we have everywhere, uh, and most of it's running Linux. There, like I said, there's a few proprietary things that we have to use. You know, every college has got that specialty software. You know that the bosses chose, and you know those are usually forced to use Windows. Um, believe it or not, we are migrating over now to another LAMP stack, which of course everybody knows Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP. Um, we're jumping over to an entire college management software that's uh, Linux-based. Uh, it's called Populi, uh, P-O-P-U-L-I, uh, and you can go to populiweb.com to find out about that. Um, you know, we're a 501c3 uh, nonprofit, as you you know, of course. So uh, we're broke. You know, I mean, that's just the way that it goes. We're all in it for the education and the whole fun of you know having a university and doing some good with the community out here instead of you know trying to make some money. So of course we're on a tight budget. We don't have a lot to work with. Uh, we have to get creative, uh, which as you can tell, you know, we are not short on creativity. You know, and we're just we're, we're creative guys. So uh, and you know what, if you can't have fun with it then it's not worth doing you know so right. um you know john i gotta much- say you you started out there as an excellent ambassador for your school you talked about uh what a beautiful vista it was and the great location <laughs> and what your great technology was but it's really hard to take you seriously with a, be- with a propeller beating on your head so i just gotta say that um, perhaps for the uh, promotional videos you might want to consider losing the propeller um, <laughs> um. <laughs> Believe it or not, the staff, the students, and the bosses like it, so it can stay. That's great. Um, they, they depend on us so heavily that I make jokes. I think we could run down the hall in pink tutus, and nobody would think that that's weird. Uh, last Friday, just this recent Friday, I got busted by security for roller skates in the hallway. Okay. You actually did, John? You actually did that? Yeah, go if you and my roller skates are on my desk if you want to show them. So what... Uh, um you said you, you, when you guys got there, did they hire all three of you? Did they just like start an IT department from scratch, or uh, how did um, that come about? Well, they had a guy that was here before. You know, they had a team, and uh, they weren't real happy with that team. I guess you know they just weren't delivering the results they were looking for. Um, and believe it or not, I got this job off of going onto Craigslist. I had just went to an interview, uh, and I, I felt like I was sitting uh, on the other end of the table, and me was interviewing me. So I knew that they weren't going to receive me very well or think that I was really worth a poo, uh, and it didn't go so well. So I went on to Craigslist, and they have a spot where you can do anonymous uh, resumes. And so I ran and raved, and the entitlement of it was, this is an experiment to see if there are any intelligent employers out there. And uh, and it didn't get any better from that. I kind of laid the law out, uh, saying that I wouldn't sell stuff I didn't believe in. I wouldn't lie to customers. I wouldn't do this and that. Uh, and that this was my background. But it was all anonymous. They didn't even know where you know who I was or anything. And my wife was actually standing over me while I was doing it, telling me this is never going to work. Um, and lo and behold, three hours later, uh, I got an email from my ex boss, who's not with us anymore, but he's the one who hired me. Uh, after I was here for about two weeks, um, and I was buried under uh, so much stuff, it was ridiculous. I sent Josh an email with one word in it. Uh, what was that word, Josh? Uh, actually, it's two words. It's help me, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I don't know if I have that email still or not, but it said help me in the title. In the body, it said, "Call me in his new phone number." <laughs> so I called Josh, uh, and I, you know, I know Josh is a little younger, and um, I have, you know, all kinds of goofy little credentials. You know, I'm not one that believes in credentials 100. percent You know, you get your education from the school of hard knocks; it's the best school there is. 
But uh, so I had Josh come and he interned for us for about three or four months. So he did this for free for three or four months until I was able to get our boss at the time to recognize that he belonged in the office. And then we got him hired on as a full-time position for uh, assistant director of IT. Uh, and then, of course, you know, uh, shortly afterwards, you know, we brought Shane into the picture. We actually all started out working at a computer store that we hated working for uh, all at the same time. Uh, and it didn't last very long, and we knew that we would work together again, and lo and behold, we here we are, all of us, you know, in the same place, doing the same thing, and it's wonderful, we love it, we're having a blast with it, uh, we hope not to get fired this year. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I have nothing to say about getting fired or not, but... Uh, well, uh, that that kind of brings up a question to me, because we're, we're, uh, we're just coming, well... <laughs> there again, I'm going to say it. We're just coming back from a, a state conference and, uh, the big buzzword is, uh, budget, 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 and people are making cutbacks and things like that. Are you guys seeing that same type of stuff up there? Uh, kind of, yeah. As you know, across the board, I don't know if you guys follow the news, but, uh, you know, college, uh, enrollment has dropped across the board by about 40% for just about everybody across the nation in U.S. Wow. education. Um, uh, and, uh, it, believe it or not, we're exactly where we were uh, last year, so we're not really seeing any increase or any decrease. We saw a little increase there for a while, so if you ask me, we're doing pretty good, but uh, the, the pickings are kind of getting slim out there, you know, so you, you have to really, uh, you have to go for quality instead of quantity, and so that's what we're kind of working on. So, you know, being a 501c3, we've always been on a budget, but, you know, there's definitely no increases right now. Actually, we just take a 30% reduction in budget, which we're glad we got all of our upgrades we wanted done this year. Oh, yeah. So we're happy with that. <laughs> so guess we won't be doing a whole lot of upgrades next year, which is okay, because that means maybe we can chill out, take a break, and uh, make some more hand puppets. All right. So tell us about uh, Colorado Heights University. Uh, uh, what, what kind of school is it? Uh, well, actually, we offer uh, um, uh, master's in business administration. It's primarily a business school. We also offer uh, a bachelor's in arts. Um, so, uh, it's the, uh, we also have an English as a second language program. Right. We do have an ESL program. Uh, we do have a lot of students from abroad. Uh, probably I would say about 50% of our student population are from all over the places of the globe. So believe it or not, we're not just ambassadors, you know, to, uh, you know, to uh, United States students that come here. We're ambassadors to the entire world. And how many, uh, what's your enrollment roughly? Um, right now, about 350 students. Okay, so very small. And how many of those live on campus? Um, I would say probably about 50% of them live on campus. Uh, it's a requirement when you're a freshman to live okay. on campus, so. So I'm New curious. Got to stay on the dorms. I'm curious about uh, some of the challenges. Uh, uh, obviously, in public school, when our our stu our oldest students are 17, uh, we don't deal with residents. Uh, what are some of the technical challenges that having people there 24 seven, and particularly college students and their um, shall we say download habits? Uh, how does <laughs> how does that uh, uh, play into your daily work life? Well, that's that, that's pretty complicated, believe it or not. We also house AmeriCorps. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of AmeriCorps. It's kind of like the Peace Corps, but it's for America. We house them on campus too, and that's another 350 to 400, you know, AmeriCorps members on campus at any time. So uh, then we have another 150 staff members. So if you do the math, anywhere from 500 to a thousand people on campus all the time, burning up the same internet feed, you know, I mean, it, it can get quite challenging. 
um, and then being on a constrained budget with the students in the dorm, them being college students, you're not really allowed to restrict a lot of the places they go. You know, if they want to go to midgetporn.com, we have to let them. Um, but we have to keep that from bleeding over into the uh, staff side of the network so that, you know, the administration can still function. So there's a lot of segmentation that we've done. Um, and, and that's where the Linux firewalls come into play. You know, we absolutely love our Linux firewalls. They're fantastic. Um, uh, and then, of course, the amount of bandwidth that, you know, each individual use. So there's a lot of provision, provisioning rules that we've had to go through to, you know, make sure that there's equal amount of bandwidth for everybody going across campus. Um, there's a lot of last mile networking, if you guys are familiar with that, because we have 22 buildings, you know, some of them don't have fiber, you know, or are far out of the way, and we still have a lot of feeds. Um, uh, segmenting the difference between the staff and the faculty and the student networks can get pretty hairy because you, basically you've got to take a wiring infrastructure that's designed for one network and build three into it, you know, so it's kind of insane. You've got to be... Uh, yeah, You've got to be a MacGyver. You've got to be able to take, you know, a, a toothpick and a, a gum wrapper and build a database, and we can do that. Well, so I'm curious, personally, um, I'm often asked about uh, open source package shaping utilities. Uh, what sort of uh, utilities do you use for uh, for shaping that bandwidth and, and uh, restricting access to uh, certain segments and certain locations to a, a specific amount of bandwidth? Um, you, we, we have, we have, we have two main networks on campus. We have one feed coming in and then two firewalls. Um, we have our main firewall, which splits it up into two feeds. Um, basically what happens is, um, we have our one firewall and we tell it, okay, this much bandwidth goes to the students, this much bandwidth goes to the staff, and we have two separate network cards and then they feed it to their own firewalls which actually go and separate out all the schools. Um, is that an open source Linux-based tool? Yes, they're all, they're all open source. Um, on the student side, we're actually using um, oh, ClearOS, the okay. student side. It has some nice um, evening out of the bandwidth there. So. And, it, and it has provisioning. And we don't do provisioning for the staff side, but we do do provisioning for the student side. <laughs> he said doo-doo. Yeah, we, we we love catching those like is is. <laughs> so Clear OS, I'm uh, I'm familiar with that back in the old days when it was Clark Connect, um, and so that uh, Clear OS is its uh, great grandson, I suppose. Uh, talk a little bit about that because that's something again that shows up in the forums quite often that I'm asked a little bit about, and and so maybe you can educate all of us on that. Okay, um, I'm kind of the one who kind of build builds all the firewalls here. Um, for the for the ClearOS, you know, I I did some research. Um, actually, found out ClearOS kind of a roundabout way because you guys were uh, were mentioned on another show, so I checked that out, and they were talking about ClearOS. Um, it, it it it's it's about you know I, I know you've talked about this before in the chat room with me. It does just about everything. It can be an Apache web server, a SQL server. Um, it can it can be a firewall. You can do your mail through it and all of that. Um, we we you know we can have um. You can have a proxy filter on there and everything like that. Um, I, I have it at my house as well. I use it as a filter. Um, over here, you know, we basically you can turn off the services you don't use. So it can be a very slim and fast firewall, or it can be very full featured in everything that you'd basically need, you know, to run a very small institution too. You can have your website on it. It's your firewall. You have your mail server on there. Um, it also does VPN. You know, has open VPN built right into it. So I don't have that enabled on there. I actually have it enabled on a different server to spread the load out a little bit. 
So that actually goes into the staff side. Um, and we have OpenVP, and we actually pay for the we actually pay fifty bucks for a, a commercial license. <laughs> I'd have to say that's probably the best fifty bucks we've ever spent, right? Yes, it is. We do have you know quite a few individuals. Uh, they go abroad, you know, being an international school, sometimes some of our staff members go all across the globe and they still need to have access to, you know, to some of their stuff. So the OpenVPN helps out a lot. Makes it really easy, simple, and uh, fully functional for us. It was very cheap, very easy to set up, uh, really easy for the users to use to join the VPN. So we totally love that. And I'm going to go ahead and get Josh in trouble right now and say that, well, uh, I made a recommendation of Untangle and he chose Clear OS. Oh, wow. It's all right. I don't think anybody's going to be too mad about that. Hey, our, our, uh, m uh, mantra always here is use what works. And so, uh, exactly. that was, that was, that's what's, yeah. I, I think, uh, 50, I think $50 a year fits into tight water. That's definitely yeah. tight water proof. Right. Actually, yes. it's not even, it's not even $50 a year. It's a $50 one time fee. Oh, even better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For open VPN, can you believe that? $50 for the rest of your life. That's yeah. great. Of course, great. in Untangle, the VPN component is free, so I just thought I'd yeah, mention it, that. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the same for the QueerOS. Uh, we actually bought the commercial version of OpenVPN on another server, so that's why we paid the fifty dollars. But uh, but it also but it, it works great. You know, we have it integrated into our Active Directory and everything, so it works out pretty well. So they don't have to remember another login and password. It's just the same as their normal Windows logon. Right. That's a wonderful thing. The fewer passwords, the better, we always say. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, what else? What else you got for us? What's your... Uh, <laughs> well, Go ahead. Well, we ha also have a broadcasting station all across the campus. You know, they have their own closed-circuit television cable broadcasting network. So we have our own uh, television channel to play with, which is quite scary. Um <laughs> You know, we do some streaming of... Uh, Are there any hand puppets that, that show no, no. up on there? No, but there will be soon. Abby. You guys are actually our pilot for the hand puppets, and if that goes over pretty well, I think it'll be a something we do on the student network. You know, oh, as far as so what you're saying is you're looking for some listener feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, there, Tom, there we go. Sucks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we have that. That's another toy we get to play with. Um we use uh, DDWRT. Oh, yeah. Here's a cool story. Uh, I don't know. You guys are familiar with the old DDWRT routers? I am. I'm betting Sean's not. Not at all. No. Okay. Well, Linksys uh, made the DDWRT. Well, what did they make? The, they made the WRT series, right? Yeah. They make the WRT 54G series. And years ago, actually, when me and Josh first met, one of the new hip things was DDWRT, which is throwing your own, you know, flashing your own firmware on these uh, home network routers. And I believe the okay. article was on Hackaday, and I think it was called uh, Turn Your $60 Router into a $600 Router. And that's where they get into DDWRT, OpenWRT, um, Tomato, some of the other things. And so uh, T Mobile actually offered these routers for a while and then phased them out. So here's a Taiwan tech <laughs> tip for you. We went to all the T-Mobile stores in all of the de state of Denver, I believe, and bought all of their <laughs> routers for a penny each. Nice. Okay. Wow. So we, we bought like 40 routers, and we basically did our entire student networking Wi-Fi system for the, uh, for the students in DDWRT flashed firmware routers, bought for a penny 
from uh, T-Mobile. So I don't think there are any left. Good luck on that one. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just say some of the features on uh, DDWRD here. Um, you can use it as a wireless hotspot. They can be joined together um, using Sputnik or a few others out there. Uh, we don't have them joined at the moment, but that's one thing that we're thinking of doing. Um, another thing is it can also be set up for um, for actually you can you can have one Wi-Fi network and then bring that over to another router and feed off of that. So you right, can so it's got repeater network. functions. Uh, plus, the, the the main hip thing that got us all using it in the very very beginning was when you take these routers out of the box, they're set up for like twenty four, you know. Uh, a radiant was a 24 millo milliwatts or whatever. Oh, yeah. They're very low, and they'll go like maybe 100 feet if you're lucky. Well, you can crank it up all the way to 250. Not that I would recommend it, but it'll go to 250, and DDWRT gives you the option to go in there and control the amplification of that. And so, you know, I, we run anywhere from 100, from 90 up to 150. Yeah. And you can imagine, you know, that's four or five times the way it is out of the box. So it increases coverage, you know, by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet. Uh, and it costs absolutely nothing. So that's one of the main reasons we absolutely loved it is because it increased our coverage. Now, my experience with those devices uh, in the non-hacked format is that uh, they they don't handle more than about five or six concurrent users before they just sort of die and, and give up the ghost. Does your uh, hacked fo- firmware make it more capable of handling more devices at a time? Oh, boy, does yeah. it ever. We have over 30 devices on one router and it's still going strong. All right. All accessing it wirelessly? Correct. Okay. All wireless. Because that's one of the issues with Wi-Fi is it's degenerative in an, in proportion to the amount of uh, connections it has. Uh, so uh, there's some, some uh, hacks in there in the far- firmware to get around that, I'm, I'm assuming? Yeah. Um, we have a whole lab of 10 computers that are all wireless hooking up to a DDWRT router. And, you know, we have a lot in their own computers so we basically have around 30 computers at a time on each wireless router and we've had to reboot them maybe uh, i don't know once every six months yeah three to six months every so often they'll call us and say hey the wi-fi is down we'll go unplug the power plug it back in and it's back up within seconds you know i mean i mean it's a home device that we got for a penny if you know the worst case scenario is we have to reboot it every three six months i'm not complaining yeah it's hard to complain about that yeah absolutely so, uh, and like they say, they have 10 machines uh, in a little miniature lab uh, in the library that run specifically dedicated off of it 24-7, and they're always up. And then uh, plus all the other students that go in with their laptops, plus all the staff members that, you know, go in there and use their laptops. So, I mean, it's pretty well field tested. We've kicked the tires. We've done just about everything we can but set it on fire, and it still keeps flying. One one question I like to ask everybody who comes on: uh, uh, What is your incoming bandwidth capacity? I think it's around thirty to thirty-five megs, depending on the day and the conditions outside where um, we get it through um, Wi-Fi. Right. We've got a since we're the highest point in Denver. There's some people that we have an agreement with. They can put some towers up on our uh, our theater, you know, up on our roofs, and uh, they'll go ahead and give us forty-five meg connection for free. That's nice. Can't argue with that. So uh, our internet bill is zero, so the boss loves us there. Uh, there's a few cool stories that go along with that, but we can neither confirm nor dev- deny some of the things that have happened there. <laughs> yeah. uh, when we first got here, uh, they did not like us very much. But uh, after a few incidents, they learned that we knew what we were doing, 
to leave us alone, and we've never had to talk with them again in like two years. Yeah, I know. So uh, it, it's pretty yeah. awesome to get your internet for free. A 45 meg connection would cost us, you know, gosh, how much would that cost us? Two, three thousand dollars a month? That's for, smart. Yeah, it's like an OC3, it. but I can tell you, it's, a, it's at least uh, 30 to 50 thousand dollars a year uh, at market prices. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, you know, I mean, that's super awesome, you know, uh, with as with any feed, you know, we're probably really only using about 25 of it, you know, as far as bandwidth goes, uh, yeah, with uh, 10, 100, you know, the, even though we have fiber all over campus, we're still dealing with a 10, 100 network. So, you know, our max we see there is roughly 25 to 35 on throughput it never really goes above that but believe it or not with a thousand people even on campus it gets slow at times but it, it's worked for us the entire time we've been here so we can't complain about that either um one of the things in the work is to get a another connection you know like maybe a quest connection you know just a business band for 100 bucks a month to back that up you know for just in case anything goes down or basically to give the students their own but uh, for now, out of our 45 meg connection, the best we've ever gotten is between 25 and 35. Very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, I'm surprised we haven't covered this one yet. But, guys, I'm kind of curious. I know uh, it totally makes sense that you listen to our show, but uh, wh where you found out about us? Um, basically, um, almost as it's going to be the same answer that you get from almost a lot of the people. <laughs> uh, I was looking at Fog, and I saw yep. your... And I saw your broadcast, so I came over, listened to that show, and listened to all back shows. So, hey, yes, we use fog. Yes, we use paper cut. There's, you know, now we're starting to talk about some of the other stuff that we do. Right. That, that was my next question. I wanted to know uh, what what fog has done to your life. Um, let's see. Our fog. Um, we we don't we don't have a dedicated fog machine on the network. Um, basically, we have it in the back room, and whenever a computer goes down, we just take it to the back room, image it. Uh, our network's kind of set up in a different way so that the fog doesn't quite work. Um, if we were to have it on the student network, the students might accidentally have, if they're set up for PXE boot, then, oops, all of a sudden it does that. So we just have it in the back room. Now, I wanted to give all the students, you know, and free of no charge, you know, our wonderful, you know, uh, images, but Josh wasn't hip to it. <laughs> <laughs> So what other uh, tight waterproofed uh, technology do you guys use on a regular basis? Sounds like you're uh, uh, sort of right in the thick of it. You, you guys are honestly who we started creating this show for, uh, those who have a lot to do and no money to do it with. And uh, it's nice to know we found some sort of niche there at least. Uh, uh, we're, you know, uh, very different. We're uh, uh, Texas public school and you're a, a Colorado uh, higher ed school, but the, the problems are still the same. You have a job to do, uh, you have bosses telling you to do that job, and you have nobody giving you any money with which to do the job. <laughs> that sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's exactly up our alley. This, I mean, it, it takes a crazy person to go ahead and take on a responsibility like this, and you're staring at three of them, so... Um, <laughs> You, you can see creative. what it does. You can see yeah, the, the long-term effect. <laughs> you have to be creative, and we are, and we love it. Um, we use all kinds of other fancies. Well, paper cut. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll detail the paper cut. Um, it, 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 what paper cut isn't isn't free. It's not open source, but um, it, it's how we manage our student printing. Um, basically, it's really cool. Um, it's not Windows, which gets our approval exactly. Um, we have it running on Linux server. Basically, all the students have to do is create an account, 
And then they go over to the business office. They buy a, a card, just like you would a phone card. has a number on it. They go into the library, log into their account, redeem the card, it puts that money into their account. So, you know, then they can print the printers. Um, we have... Um, Moodle. What? Moodle. Yeah. We have we have around 500 licenses. We bought it for $450. Um, it's not for a year. It's for forever. We can have up to 500 users on it for $450. So and we get upgrades forever. No, we, we get we get upgrades included, and we got we were kind of grandfathered into the eleven that just came out. We get free upgrades for the eleven series and free tech support for forever. So that sounds that like was, a great tool. I'll check that out. Moodle. Yeah, I'm I'm loving that. We we are haters of of printing, uh, <laughs> as I'm sure you guys can imagine, because just supporting printers and the the networking that's involved and everything else is a nightmare, a nightmare. And uh, so uh, I'm all for charging people to print. Let, let me share you <laughs> with you the solution we came up with here. We uh, uh, put our heads together with our uh, of course again different uh, environment, but uh, our printers on uh, are set up on the Active Directory network and uh, students do not have the ability to print at all. However, each workstation has as its default printer a PDF printer. Almost all printing is done for personal research and reference anyway. So anytime you hit the print button in anything, it creates a PDF, saves it to your personal folder, boom, you've got it for, for uh, personal reference. If you actually do need a piece of paper, you then send that PDF to a teacher or an administrator type. They are the only ones who have the ability to print it out. And that cut our printing uh, down uh, 95%. Yeah, I mean, we, we print a fraction now. of what we used to because most of the kids find out, you know, what I was printing isn't really worth all the hassle of taking it to a teacher. Um, and then our teachers have set up uh, folders on the network uh, that the kids can dump stuff into. And so they just open it up, select all, print all. It's not a big hassle for them either. Uh, but there is that immediate oversight. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds pretty good. Um, I know when we first implemented paper cut, it was because one of the printers that we had, we had an old printer in there, and it kept jamming. They print a million prints on it. Uh, you know, So it was more of a way for us to control how many pages they would send to the printer to keep the print queue down. Exactly. And even then, uh, before we before we started charging, you know, we did a trial run just to see how it ran and everything, the 40-day trial. It ran great. Um, they were printing around 150 to 200 pages a day. Uh, After we started charging them for it, it went down to around 13 pages a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I could look at the graphs right now, but yeah, it it cut it down, you know, to you know only a tenth of what it was before. So. And how much yeah, do you I've... charge them per print job? Uh, we we charge ten cents per black and white print, twenty cents per, per color print. So it's not cheap. Yeah, we uh, we do have a printer here in in Tightwad Central, but I don't. I'm guessing we haven't even come close to scratching the the ream of paper we put in that thing like a year and a half right. ago. <laughs> it's just, very rare. I, I mean, and it's so hard to really get through to people. And uh, anybody listening right now. Uh, really if you think hard about any piece of paper you print that it's almost never do you actually need that printed document it's just so rare so uh, nice to hear just different ways that we're doing you know we're attacking this problem we're i guess the ones that are going to force the world to go green so <laughs> yeah so another thing that we that we use is we use moodle i'm sure you're familiar with that one sure we've done three shows on it so far yeah, yeah. We're, we're familiar with it <laughs> So yeah, you know we use Moodle in-house. Um, we also we also are building our new website in Drupal. 
Oh, so you are yeah. a brave man. Yeah, <laughs> it's going pretty well. It's not. Yeah. It's not too bad. We're, we're kind of happy with it so far. Um, Drupal, yeah. like uh, this is a, an equation that I uh, uh, spout many times. There is power and there is simplicity, and they are at opposite ends of the curve. The more powerful something is, the less simple it's going to be. The more simple something yeah. is, the less powerful it's going to be. And Drupal is very, very powerful. Oh yeah. Therefore, by extension, it is not simple. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. that has been some of the whining we've heard from some of the faculty. But that's okay. We're Working on that populi we were talking about uh, earlier actually has its own LMS built into it, which will help keep track of uh, grades, attendance, and you know give them you know something else to use other than Moodle because that's been quite a challenge for them as well. Yeah, we've had to tell a number of uh, teachers that that uh, you know that there's great benefits to be uh, reaped in uh, by using Moodle and getting in, digging in, and learning it, but uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, we have some teachers though who are just who are excellent at Moodle. Like, oh, and you know, sometimes I look and it's just like, wow, it's you know, they, they're it, it's really cool what they're doing with it. So, well, those are the ones that uh, can see the value in it. I mean, you put all your mm-hmm. work in up front, but after that, you kick your feet up on the desk and uh, and you know, let Moodle run the show. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, guys, go take the test. I'm going to go sit back. For right. a while. <laughs> oh, and when it's done, uh, it'll grade it for me. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See what you guys said earlier. You were talking about you know uh, simple and powerful being on opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, it, this reminds me of back in the day. We, we always had an old saying when it comes to you know purchasing or implementing anything. You know, you had three choices, and you could pick two, and that was fast, affordable, and quality. And you can only pick two. You can never have all three. <laughs> right. Well, although Fog is one of those notable exceptions. so Yeah, Fog is, uh, I, I don't know that I'd call it an exception. It is. Uh, it does require some technical expertise to set up. But once it's yeah. running, it is really an appliance. Uh, exactly. It just, it's like a toaster. You put bread in and toast comes out. You put, uh, uh, you put images in and images come out. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if you use this part of it, but I use the Capone part where, you know, we just get a computer, clone it, and then use Capone to actually spit out all the rest of the images onto the other computers. And we don't really have a need for that, uh, but it, we're, it's something that we're going to look into and see if we can manufacture a need for it just to play with right, it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when, you get, when you get a whole bunch of different computers in, you know, it's, if, if you're not registering them to the system, like all the student computers, you know, um, we just use component is you know it, it senses what computer it is loads the right image on it sends it right out the door so that's awesome that's convenient yeah oh was that Shane did Shane actually say something yeah. yes, yes he, he did, did. Wow. <laughs> Shane say something that caught me off guard tell him what it's like to be in an office with us <laughs> yeah uh, let it fly Shane come on. Uh, <laughs> He's the We're quiet dirty. One. Don't let him lie to you. We're dirty. He always has to clean up yeah, after yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I clean after them because uh, they have too much stuff to do. They really, you know, <clears throat> clean up anything. So I'm pretty much uh, cleaning up for them uh, whatever stuff they leave behind. And then, you know. S- sounds like you might do a lot of the uh, the image deployment as well, right? And yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Or whenever a computer breaks, here Shane, go fix it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's uh, it's it's getting close to that time where we need to wrap it up. Uh, did you guys have any uh, uh, 
tips of the week prepared. Uh, uh, if not, yeah, uh, tell you what, we'll so, uh, we, tell you what we're going to do ours, and then okay. uh, we'll let the, each of you do a tip of the week. You can choose a, a teacher or a tech, or you can do both if you want. So uh, uh, study, cram, and uh, get your uh, uh, hand puppets ready, and then and we'll go from there. So uh, I'm going to begin with my uh, uh, tech tip of the week, and it, it is a it is a geek tool, uh, very much so. It's called the Diffuse Merge tool. Uh, it's available on um, uh, SourceForge, and uh, I'll have a link to that on the website. Uh, it's something that you're not going to use often, but when you do uh, use it, it's going to be very, very handy. It'll compare up to three documents side by side by side, and will highlight the differences between them. So if you have uh, uh, different revisions, or if you're looking at uh, source code and you're trying to find you know, why it works here and it doesn't work here, or whatever you might be doing, that, a grocery list, and you want to see what you checked off and what you didn't, I don't know. Uh, but you can have up to three documents, so you, so you can have one, two, or three, and you put them side by side, and it highlights uh, um, the differences between the three documents. And if you're, if you're searching for that needle in a haystack, it's really more of a coder tool. Uh, but it's really a great little tool for that. It's free, it's open source, and it just works. And so there's my uh, tech tip of the week. Sean, what is your teacher tip of the week? All right. This week, the uh, teacher tip of the week is goanimateforschools.com. And that's uh, all spelled out except for uh, instead of the word for, it's the number for. So goanimateforschools.com. And uh, what, what this is is... Uh, you did it. Every is, week, is. every week I do that, don't I? <laughs> my uh, my my high school English teacher would just be going crazy right now. Uh, what what this allows you to do, and this is really geared more towards probably elementary, might go up as high as uh, the middle school. Uh, you can create two minute animations and. Uh, uh, it's all web based and there's no drawing required, which I thought was really cool. So it's kind of like, uh, you've seen on the web, some of those, uh, build your own avatar, uh, type of things. And you take this type of hair and these type of eyes and things. So you, you can build your characters that so way. So kind of like on the Wii? Right, exactly. So, uh, you can, you can kind of composite your characters, uh, so it's very simple for, uh, kind of all kids of, uh, all ages. And, uh, you can, uh, record your own voices into these animations, uh, upload your own background music to go along with your little two minute movie. Um, I will say the free version is very limited for the students. Uh, now the paid version is, is is pretty darn good and they, it gives you some uh all kinds of little filtering things and management tools that the teacher can use so if you were wanting to sign up for a class or a school um i will say that uh as a teacher you get to sign up and you get one free what's called a teacher plus account and uh it is almost fully featured so if you want to get a feel for this thing uh you know they they were smart and they let the teachers get in and and play around with this thing uh i'm just you know thinking well why won't i just have my kids log in under my account and so uh, <laughs> you know, uh but you can get up to 100 student accounts uh, at the same time so you can sort of uh, run in this thing for free you just get limited to two minutes and the students are quite a bit limited as to what they can upload and how many voices and how many characters and things like that but uh certainly worth checking out if you want to explore just uh you know digital storytelling with your children so uh uh go animate for schools.com all right, guys, John, Josh, Shane, what is your tips of the week for us? Uh, I'm John. I'm going to go ahead and go first. And uh, as you see here with the hand puppet, if you do something <laughs> crazy, 
at the point in time where you can just tell that your boss is going to ask you to do something, you can distract him enough to make him forget what he was going to task you with. So every time you feel the boss is going to give you another assignment, just get that crazy look in your eye and start to twitch, and they're going to get afraid that you're going to do something crazy like ride roller skates down the hallway, and then they forget what it is they were going to task you with. So I know that's not a tech tip, that, but it is a tip. That is both a tech and a teacher tip. Right, we can exactly. all use that. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we'll go ahead and leave that over to Josh. What's your tip of the week? Okay, mine is kind of for teachers and techs. Um, you know, I know you've talked about bookmarks and where you store your bookmarks and all that. Um, I'm actually building my own website to store bookmarks on. It's called myfavs.me, M-Y-F-A-V as in Victor, S dot me. Um, it's a place where you can store all your bookmarks. You can have your quick links and all that. Um, you know, it's very easy to use. Um, it's in beta stages right now, so if you guys want to go check it out, it's accessible from any computer anywhere. Um, I've had people, you know, who've lost bookmarks, you know, because the computer went down or they're at another computer and they need to access their bookmarks. Just saw a real need there, and I just didn't like all the sites that are out there, so I decided to build my own. So that's my tech <laughs> tip of the week. You know, I use it all the time, so... Now, awesome. I've, I've told people to bring their tips of the week, but you literally brought your own tip of the week. That, that goes above and beyond right there. You went out and coded something to be tip of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, and and right. you did that just for the show, right? That's the only uh, reason you wrote the program. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the answer to that question is yes. And I just want to, you know, uh, obviously uh, we're going to release this and uh, we will have listeners that didn't actually get a chance to see the video of this show. And uh, Josh is what, probably about 6'4", 320, rock solid muscle. I mean, this guy is, uh, so uh, he's huge. So don't let the voice fool you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane, we have you got a tip for us this week? Um, Come on, Shane. I guess I do have a tip. Um, if you're out uh, searching the web a lot, um, there's one feature I like to use that is very helpful to keep you away from viruses and also uh, web pages that are might be full of Trojans called uh, MyWatt. And uh, MyWatt works for uh, Firefox, Chrome, all the other uh, Internet stuff out there. But MyWatt is... Uh, Pretty neat uh, extension, you know. To uh, can, can you spell that? It's a M Y W O T. Okay, W O T. Yeah, and it's very interesting because um, you have like these green circles on each of the links on your search bar to indicate like what websites are good and what websites are bad determined by who uh, rates them. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. It's crowdsourced, right? So as yeah. you're going along, you can rate a site up or down, and then it aggregates all those ratings. Mm -hmm. And it's very useful if you're going to search the web for, like, you know, new material without the, you know, fear of visiting a website that might have, like, a, like a Trojan or some sort. All so, right. Awesome. And, John, I have to say, you have inspired me. I am going to see if I can find a propeller beanie with the Tightwad Tech logo on it. Um, I want and, one. Uh, and I will, I will put that <laughs> in the store. I want one. If I will make one if I can find one. I will take a paper, air, uh, one of those balsa wood airplanes apart and make you one. Right, absolutely, absolutely. That, yeah, there, that a can be done. A paper clip and the 99-cent 7-Eleven 
Balsa wood airplanes will work. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and so this seems like an appropriate time to uh, talk about where you could find uh, all sorts of things with our logo on them, and that's at our website at thetightwadtech.com. Uh, there you can find uh, the show notes for this show and, and others. You can find... Uh, uh, a link to our store where you can find stuff with our logo on it. That we're getting kind of circular there, aren't we? Right. Uh, right. If if you're a Facebook type person, facebook.com slash the tightwad tech. If you're a Twitter type person, twitter.com slash the tightwad tech. And of course, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that also uh, right from our website at the that the call me uh, or leave a voicemail widget that I built on the uh, on the right hand side. But if you're one of those people that likes phone numbers, five three zero frugal and the number two f r u g a l two will uh, get you to us, and you can leave us a voicemail, and we will put you on the air. And we have our first voicemail uh, that uh, I will be putting on the show before you hear about this one. Right. Yeah. So, so we'll announce it now and. You will have already heard it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, guys, you got anything else before we sign off? Have fun. I guess if not. it ain't fun, it ain't worth doing. You guys have been a, a delight. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not only entertaining, but informative as well. Uh, I've been collating the uh, uh, links and, and uh, tools that you guys have talked about in, uh, in the show notes, and uh, we'll put those up uh, on the uh, website as this show airs and so you can get all that sort of stuff and um maybe i'll find a still capture somewhere in there of the hand puppets and make sure that gets up there as well uh once again i encourage you to go to the ustream uh that's uh tightwadtech.com slash live dash stream and you can uh, see our our uh, list of previous shows and and uh yeah look these guys up and and watch it because yeah, this, it's it's hilarious this is the first one of our videos that uh has actually had something visually appealing yeah, well. interesting too and i guess it's maybe the better word <laughs> and on that note thank you all for being with us and until next uh, time uh this is mark signing off and sean signing off guys great show thank you yeah, i didn't, say, I didn't, oh, say, you didn't that. say that i didn't in the say episode. that in the show that's yeah. right i'll loop it in there there you yeah. go <laughs>